This is the Athletic Football Show. Welcome to the Athletic Football Show. Today is Friday, September 10th. I'm Robert Mays. Really excited about today's show. We're going to do awards today. And just so you guys know, we're not cheating. We're recording this on Thursday afternoon. So this is before the first game kicks off. This is still actionable information. We live in a world where betting is at your fingertips. Yeah. You don't have to put a ticket in before the season starts. So these odds may shift slightly after the Bucks cowboys game tonight. But for the most part, you're still going to be able to put your money on some of this stuff. If you didn't know, we're doing awards and preseason picks today. And to help me do that... My good friends, Nate Tice and Shook Kapadia. Guys, thank you very much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having us on. I, I think that might be the longest, most entertaining pre-show I've, I, we've had on this. So that's <laughs> I cannot wait to do this show every week now if that's just going to be what our pre-show is. like. This is going to be great. Well, I, yeah, I think everybody's reached the point where you've just been firing off takes for like weeks now, you know, like I, you fire one off on August 14th and now the season's here and you're like, that was stupid, but I've been saying this for three weeks. Like I can't back down now. So I think that's what this podcast is going to be about. <laughs> just let it fucking ride. No one cares at this point. My brain Absolutely. is mush. Like it's yeah. hilarious that we get to the season. I'm like, I'm, I'm done. I can't do anything else, but that's where we are. So for people who do not know, if you haven't been paying, paying attention to the updates on our schedule and how we're going to handle year two of the athletic football show every Friday, we're going to start Fridays with a Friday five with me and Nate. We're going to dig into five things, a matchup, a game, whatever, leaving it open for a reason to preview the weekend. After we finish that up, Sheila's going to join us and we are going to do picks Every single week, those two guys are going to do picks. I am not going to because <laughs> that has been troubling for me. When I did the podcast with Barnwell, we had a pit lock of the week every single week. I missed it like 12 weeks in a row. Oh, and no. it's not like you had to pick all the games. It was the one you felt best about. And I missed it for like the entire season. I'm never doing this again. So you guys, we're going to throw you to the wolves with that. Here's how we're going to structure it. Every single week. We're going to do what we're going to call a mini contest. I don't know if that's a trademark infringement. We'll figure that out later. I'm sure we'll hear from somebody's lawyers. Instead of picking five games like you do in some other betting situations in the world, we're going to pick three. Every single game has one point associated with it. We're going to tally up the points over the course of the year. Each week, you can designate one game, if you so choose, as your lukewarm lock of the week. On this show, we don't have stone cold locks. We have lukewarm locks. Yep. If you get it right, you get three points. If you get it wrong, you have a point deducted from your total, and we're going to make you do something embarrassing. If all of this sounds contrived and too complicated, trust me, we understand. <laughs> but that's how we're going to do it every single week. I am very, very excited about this. I'm so excited for you guys to get all of these wrong all of the time. That's yeah, I know. That's what but our designated lukewarm lock too. It's like that's I'm actually more worried about that every week, like actually utilizing it. Like the punishment <laughs> that we come up with is actually might be more of a deterrent than even the point system because I know I might be in negatives anyways, <laughs> or or at least low. Like those negative ones might like put me in the negative. Like that might actually just really keep me away from that lukewarm law. <laughs> this has definitely added a stress to my life. That's on, you know, usually like Wednesday <laughs> night, I turn in my picks column on the athletic and I'm like, all right, I'm good for the week. Last night I spent like an hour. Well, which three picks am I going to send Maze? And then I sent them to him and I go, these are the stupidest three. Why did you pick <laughs> these three games? You idiot. What are you doing? So yeah, it's a nice little wrinkle to the 2021 season for me. 
Yeah. So obviously we're going into week one here. So we're going to do three picks. We're also going to do a weekly player prop. We're not going to do that today because we have awards. So we're going to do tons of player props. We're going to pick award winners today and some of our long shot favorites for each of the major NFL awards. But let's start with our picks against the spread from week one. Sheil, why don't you kick us off? What is your first pick that you want to go with this week? Yeah, again, these are really uh, terrible picks. So uh, listen, I hope we're not in need. I, I think you would agree with this. We don't want to be middle of the pack. Like I don't want to hover around 500. Correct. I either want to be good or I want to suck and you can fade me and it's week six. Go against Sheil every time. All right, here's the one and I can't believe I'm starting with this team, but... You know, I like to go with, with, with the home dogs, especially uh, early in the season. This is not a team I am bullish on uh, for the year, but it's a pretty big line. And uh, I'm going with the fighting Dan Campbells and the Detroit Lions at plus seven and a half at home against the San Francisco 49ers. Listen, the 49ers are a better team. There's no doubt about it, but... I think the Lions' strength can be on the lines of scrimmage uh, on both sides of the ball. And so you know, we know they're going to be conservative. We know they're not going to be chucking it 35 times a game. So just like run the ball a little bit, you know, maybe the 49ers are, are smelling themselves a little bit to start the season, a garbage time touchdown. Uh, you know, Dan Campbell, give me like six shots of espresso, an all-time <laughs> motivational speech, headbutt every player. Like if there's any time where that's going to work, it would be week one where they're like, all right, let, let's go. We're ready for this. So, um, you know, in terms of the like scale of how much are you going to regret your pick at like uh, 2.30 Eastern time on Sunday afternoon, I would say this one's probably up there. But, uh, you know, that's the pick that I sent in, the Detroit Lions. We've been doing this, this for thing 10 off. minutes, and it's already <laughs> off the rails. She'll she, just, just pick the team. I'm looking at their depth chart right now. Khalif Raymond is listed as a starting wide receiver for your <laughs> fighting Dan Campbell's underrated, in Detroit. I've said. I, he, he talked me into the pick and out of the pick <laughs> in, <laughs> in one segment. Like I was like, I was like, yeah, all right, fight Dan Campbell's. Let's do it. And then I, I was, I was like, way off of it by the time he finished. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm way off. That's that's a game I'm avoiding. But okay, I actually get it. I get what you're saying too. It's seven and a half is a lot. That's past the touchdown mark. That's always a big deal too. It's like, and also like you just made a point is the Lions might be in a conservative game. Yeah, 49ers might be trying some funky stuff with the quarterbacks. We don't know exactly, but you know, they also are a run heavy team. They're both boot heavy teams. Anthony wins one little segment of being a coordinator was with the bills or so calling plays a lot of boot stuff with Tyrod Taylor. So it's like, might be a game that has a short, it's a shortened game. So that seven and a half, it might be, you know, they 49ers might run away with it, but they only win by four or seven. Maze is disgusted. Look at his face. Disgusted. <laughs> it's 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 like the off brand it's like the off-brand version of that offense. It's like something you buy in an alley that's spelled wrong is what the version of that offense is gonna look like. What's what's for what's Ford's like not knockoff version or like budget version? Like that's that's what it, that's what it is. Nate, you cannot do any worse. What's your first one? I couldn't pick them to win the NFC North on our show, but I can pick them in week one, and I'm going to go with the Vikings minus three against the Bengals. And this is one of those that I am betting for a team and against the Bengals at the same time. Um, I just think the Bengals, just what they're going through, we t discussed on our show, Robert, as many people know, uh, is that we <laughs> in that show is that we heard you know, they from might be Bengals just fans. A lot of Bengals fans made sure to let us know about their feelings about their team. And, and, but again, I think it's a, that's a young team. It's a team that even on optimistic view, it's going to be a while before that. I think it's their final form, which just makes sense. Um, I think the Vikings just 
they held a lot of guys out during camp, so they were going to look uglier than they, they really should. I think they maybe they're not the greatest team in the world, but I think they're an interesting team. And it's a team that, hey, it still has Mike Zimmer that can maybe take advantage of those empty sets that we've talked about with the Bengals. They, uh, they just got to get to third down. I think they can handle their offensive line. We talked about how much we like the Vikings front seven, or at least the front. Um, you know, and they don't really, yeah, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and uh, Jamar Chase are talented, but it's not uh, uh, truly threatening over a whole course of a game. Like they might not, they might be put in bad situations over and over and over, third and 12s, blitzes where Burrow has to get the ball out. So I just think it's a game that Vikings should handle, even if it's on the road week one. One of the biggest mysteries to me in the entire NFL is what the Vikings front looks like heading Absolutely. into this season. And I think that going against that Bengals offensive line, it's one of the more intriguing matchups of week one. I'm sure I will say that about every single team playing against any other team heading into week one, because I just can't wait to watch real football. Oh, I can't All right. Shield, what's your second one, buddy? Well, if anyone had any, any doubts that the Kapadia curse is a real thing, I sent these into you last night. And a few hours ago, uh, the team that I'm about to pick lost Gus Edwards and Marcus Peters, it sounds like, to uh, significant injuries in like uh, back-to-back plays, right, at practice. So yep. they've had a cursed uh, summer. But I've got the Ravens. I think it's actually down now to minus four on BetMGM Monday night against the Raiders. I, I just look at the Ravens. In the last four openers, week one, they've outscored their opponents 164 to 19. They haven't given up more than 10 points in any of those games. Now, listen, that could all change this year. They've had a terrible summer, but I just kind of have faith in the infrastructure there. You know, I know with all the injuries, but can't you see just John Harbaugh, like getting them ready to play It adds sort of an us against the world. Nobody believes in us type mentality. And I'm not buying, I'm not going to buy the Raiders defense until they show it for, to me for a uh, prolonged period of time. And, you know, the Ravens defense, even with Marcus Peters gone, they have some uh, cornerback depth. So uh, I think they're more talented. I, I think they'll be ready to to go playing with an edge. Uh, I, I usually don't like taking the road favorites, but uh, I, I've got the Ravens there at minus four. You talk about an early test for a defense with a ton of turnover. I mean, having to prepare for the Ravens as your week one opponent and all of those moving parts, I mean, that's going to be a huge test of just pure discipline with Gus Bradley in that unit with all of those just new players, new faces, guys getting used to their surroundings. So again, something to watch, which I will say about every single game. Nate, your second pick here, buddy. Yeah, and this is a game that I'm excited to watch. Wow. Uh, this is I, I am going with a, a home favorite, and it's a minus three, the Tennessee Titans uh, over the Arizona Cardinals. And I just think this this is a game that we're not doing this right now, but might be an over bet as well, because I, I just think these are teams that match up very well against one another um, as far as offensively, especially the Titans against going against, I mean, really the car, any, any offensive receiving core <laughs> going against core, the Arizona Cardinals corners has going to have an advantage most likely. Uh, but especially so when you have Julio Jones and AJ Brown, but even having said that, that's just the passing game. I think the Titans run game and what they're going to try and do probably a lot of split zone or just a lot of stuff that, a lot of eye candy that's going to get the linebackers moving. Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons both are super talented, but they're very, very young and they play with yeah. bad eyes right now. They're going to be good players. I really do think that, but it's going to be a minute. It might not, it might not be till week 10. That's why it's week one. That's why we're betting this week one. But I just think the Titans offense matches up so well against the Cardinals defense, even with the front with J.J. Watt up there. Um, and then I think on the flip side, it's just, I think, yeah, the quick game and stuff is really going to be as threatening with the Cardinals stuff and the Titans defense. I think it's kind of, I, I really don't know what to make of that matchup because we don't know so much about the Titans defense. Um, so yeah. that one's a little more curious about, but I really am betting on the Titans offense in this game. 
I mean, we talked about X factors for each team during the division previews. To me, Todd Downing is one of the X factors of this season. Yeah. I mean, you think about all the talent that they have there. And one of the things that really kind of jumped on me when I was going back through last year's Titans team, all of their injuries at tackle. And to yeah. still be a top five offense, having to deal with all of that turnover at that position is just such a testament to the way that Arthur Smith reacted. was like, we're just going to play in max protect. We have yeah. two receivers and a quarterback and a running back and three guards, and we're going to win these games, and we're going to be a top five unit. Yeah. And their ability to do that is was staggering. And now you have even better talent than they arguably had last year. With Luan back, with Julio there, now the question is, do they have the guy that can put it all together? Because they surprised people last year by staving off regression in the way that they did. If they can do it again, mm-hmm. and they can be a top seven offense, and that defense and all the money they poured into it and resources they poured into it, get that unit to league average, can they be yeah. kind of the runaway favorite in the AFC South? So 100%, something to watch. Really excited about that one. Shield, your third game. This game's going to go one of two ways, and this is Jets-Panthers. Either Sam Darnold is going to pick the Panthers apart, and Jets fans are going to rue the day Adam Gase ever <laughs> stepped into their lives. You said pick the Panthers apart, which is incredible. <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, or that's not going to happen, and it's going to go the other way, and Zach Wilson's going to tear it up, and Jets fans are going to be like, hey, maybe we could win the AFC East this year. So I don't <laughs> think there's going to be any in-between there. That is going to be a game of extremes. I'm taking the underdogs, the Jets, uh, plus five at Carolina. I can't believe I'm starting this segment taking the Jets and the Lions, but here we are. But, uh, you know, I, I just look at it. That's a lot of points for like, you know, I, let's see it from Sam Darnold first. You know, maybe he'll be a different guy with Joe Brady in that offense with those weapons. I have questions about their offensive line. So if I'm looking at quarterback versus defensive coordinator, I know the Jets have a lot of holes on defense, but, you know, I, I think you guys mentioned it recently. Robert Sala, the job he did last year with such a banged up 49ers team and still figuring out ways to do more with less and scheme things up and mess with protections and blitz more and play more quarters. I mean, he, I feel like he, if he's shown anything, it's, Hey, I'm not just going to be static. I'm going to look at my team realistically, the strengths and weaknesses and coach to that. And so I I think the jets are going to come out and, um, and have a strong start, uh, at Carolina. I don't know if they're going to win, but uh, that feels more like a field goal game where I'm comfortable taking the points there with the jets. She'll name me a Jets cornerback. Well, it's not uh, Bless Austin anymore. We know they they got rid of him. Uh, we know Lamar Jackson is on the roster, I believe. Right? Did he make the fifty three? Yeah, he's not a starter. The duplicate name DBs. They got Michael yeah. Carter, Michael Carter, and Lamar Jackson. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> They have the other Michael Carter, and I do not see Lamar Jackson on the 53-man roster deck okay. right now. Yeah, Bryce no. Hall is Bryce there. Hall. Bryce Hall, yeah. that's right. That's Somebody named Br- Brandon Eccles is penciled in as the other starter right now. B. I have not kept talented up player. Yeah, with with the state of the Jets' defensive backs, but that's what we're getting to here. So that's another team you are picking along with a fight in Dan Campbell's. There you Nate, go. your third pick here. You know, what's funny is the Jets, I just pulled it out too. The Jets DBs have a Justin Hardy. There was a Justin Hardy receiver. (laughs) And they spelled different. The Hardys spelled different. H-A-R-D-E-E. That's great. They need a whole bunch of Jessies in there. Uh, But for me, actually, that Jets one was one I had like kind of like dotted, but I didn't end up going with. And the game I'm going with is a home dog. Uh, It is the Colts plus three uh, uh, playing against the Seahawks. And it's one that I kind of came late to. I There's a couple other games I looked at. Uh, Washington was one. 
But with this game, that's my hedge right there. You hear that? That was that was, that was hedging right there. Um, but <laughs> uh, yeah, but with that, it's uh, with the Colts plus three. It's more just the style of game I think this can be played. I, I think Seahawks early on the season, and this might be more anecdotal that maybe their defense lets up. They kind of figure out what they are as the season goes on. They're an approved. They're, they always talk about it. their whole team philosophy is about peaking in the fourth quarter. That's yeah. just what they are. They kind of get better as the season goes along. Maybe not their offense last year, which is kind of funny, but it's th- just the Colts. I think what their game plan is with Wentz banged up, I, he's playing apparently. So, but with Nelson banged up and then like just how their defense defensive front is, I know they have the issue at left tackle, but I don't think any of the Seahawks really scares them in that way. And I think just the Colts game plan is going to be very run heavy, very, you know, play action heavy. You can't really boot much with a guy with a bump foot guy, but just a, a game plan that's going to shorten the game and merely just maybe just play. They're going to play like a, a, a nickel and dime game. Like, you know, a lot of singles and doubles they are playing small ball. I think that's just what their game plan is going to be. So I just think it's one. They're at home. Raucous crowd. I just think that's a game that I just see it being an ugly little fist fight type of game. And also, spoilers, one of my guys that I'm really high on this year, Jonathan Taylor, a game where he's going to really be featured heavily uh, throughout. Yeah, they, I think they're pretty comfortable with where Wentz is physically right now. And they, I think they believed even when that happened that he was going to be ready for week one and ready to go. And obviously there have been some setbacks with the COVID stuff. But there, he's hopefully going to be fairly close to 100% if not there. Cool. And I think it's just a matter of how all the pieces fit together. You know, this yep. is the bet that that team made and the bet that the Panthers made on Darnold. I wrote about it today for The Athletic, just why they decided they it was worth it and what the plan was for fixing those guys. And it's a fascinating experiment. I mean, the idea of taking a guy out of one set of circumstances and dropping him into an entirely different set and just seeing what happens it speaks to what surroundings can do for a quarterback. And I mean, and it's one of the most intriguing things about the league and what it says about what you surround quarterbacks with and how much that causes them to succeed or fail. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right. Let's get to the awards. We're just going to do the normal ones. All the ones you can find these odds on BetMGM. Obviously, BetMGM is where you want to be doing all of this. Let's get this started with Offensive Rookie of the Year. Nate, why don't you kick us off? Who is your Offensive Rookie of the Year? My head is telling me Trevor Lawrence, but my heart is telling me Trey Lance. And with, yeah, Ooh. and I think I like the price that he's at. He's at plus 750. Um, and actually, it went up from, I originally bet him a few months ago at plus 550. So I'm a little ticked off about this. Uh, but now it's at plus 750. And uh, I, I just think with Trey Lance, even with early in the season, if they're trying to figure out what it is, I think where the 49ers are going to be as a team this season, even if uh, I know the NFC West is just a battle, but they're going to be a, such a good team. I really do think that that Trey Lance is going to be in a prominent position, put in a position to succeed. And I, I'm not really a guy that's going to go, oh, this happened one time before. But, you know, Kyle Shanahan has had a rookie quarterback before and had, I mean, several times afterwards. But there's one I'm thinking of, RG3, that like he is not going to put him, he puts him in a position to succeed. That's like one of the best things he does as a coach. So I just 
I could see him and just having the counting stats. So then the people that are only focused on fantasy, they'll just see, oh, he has eight rushing touchdowns. Just I could just see that narrative unfolding before my eyes. And so that's my that's my heart bet uh, is uh, Trey Lance at plus 750. It just feels like it's going to be a matter of whether he gets in the game. I mean, if he plays 12 games, is that enough? Probably. If he plays 10, then it becomes a little bit more difficult. And that's why I'm going with Lawrence, just because he's going to be there from day one. I think that he's going to look really good. He's going to be in such a prominent position. He's the number one overall pick. Even some of the skill position players who were drafted high in this year's draft, outside of like Najee Harris and Kyle Pitts, a lot of them are in backup roles right now. Yep. Like Trey Sermon and Javante Williams and even like Jamar Chase's struggles so far. Who knows how many touches Jalen Waddle is going to get in a Dolphins offense where they have a decent amount of pass catchers. So I just think that Lawrence, even at that price, has the clearest path to being a full-time starter and somebody with a lot of exposure all season in a way some of these guys don't. Shield, who's yours? Yeah, for if among the quarterbacks, I do like Lance the most because I think his ceiling is the highest and he's got the narrative like Nate pointed out. I mean, if he's, you know, taken off for 40 yard runs and even if he plays nine, 10 games and they're in the playoffs and these other quarterbacks are putting up counting stats, but their team suck. Like I think Lance is going to get the nod, but the guy I went because I, I, I'm not sure that any of those quarterbacks are going to be that great statistically. And if Lance doesn't get in there in the first half of the season, then he's going to have a tough time. So I went with Kyle Pitts, you know, at, at plus 1100 because he's He's going to have the opportunity. I mean, he, you know, he's a, probably their number two uh, pass catcher there. He's got an offensive coordinator that we believe in that can scheme things up. And he's got a competent to above average uh, quarterback there. So like just the opportunities are going to be there. Now, historically, tight ends, it, it's really tough. I mean, you look at it. Evan Ingram, I think, had what, seven, eight hundred yards. And that's like the highest in the last 10 years. If you go back 20 years, I think it was Jeremy Shockey. And he had like eight, nine hundred yards. So it's kind of weird. You're like, well, is, is best t- rookie tight end season in history? and play for Kyle Pitts and it's like well 17 games opportunity you got taken fourth you know they have big plans for him so it's got you know I hate to set the expectations that high when normally it's just tough for tight ends to come in and uh, make a difference but I do think the situation is so good for him that uh, he could end up being the exception. How about the first play in the third preseason game? He, they finally played him. They just ran a naked bootleg <laughs> yeah. to him, sliding across. Did his play, a like, 20-yard yeah. explosive play. And then they like had him block the next two plays. They're like, all right, we're good. We're good. Get him yep. out. <laughs> get him out. <laughs> and, but it, like that's what he's going to get. You're going to see so many of those, him just barreling up the sideline on those. And they, even though it's a simpler play, how freaky he does it isn't extraordinary. Like he he is a one percenter. Like just yeah. I mean, just as far as talent wise, because it's just like how quickly he gets upfield and they can just run guys over. It's it's exceptional. I just think that calling him a tight end is going to be really muddy all year. Like I, how many snaps he spends over. as an inline tight end? I would I love I'm going to love to see it because I think he's going to be truly their number two receiver. I, I, he'll be outside. He'll be in the slot. Getting him as a tight end, it, it almost feels like it's misleading at this point. All right, let's get to some favorite long shots for offensive rookie of the year. Nate, why don't you throw us at yours? I'm going to go, and we mentioned this. We're talking about some of those guys that you're in backup roles, and my, and mine is uh, Michael Carter, the running back for the Jets. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm, and this is me kind of betting on my draft draft profile of him a little bit because, <laughs> but I watched him this preseason, and man, he was still like to me, he was the one that flashed the most, and uh, Johnson did as well. But and we already know what Tevin, uh, Tevin Coleman is, you know, and 
Tevin, unfortunately, gets banged up. You know, it's just what that's kind of his history as being a running back in the NFL. So I see Michael Carter just like I, I liked him. I like this fit. That's an offense that can produce a lot of yards. And uh, for a running back, we have seen it a million times. A Shanahan running back just all of a sudden just popping some nobody, some sixth rounder, some undrafted free agent. Michael Carter has talent. He's a fourth round pick. And but I, I just really can see that narrative unfolding, and that's going to be a big point of this is the narratives unfolding. And I could just see him having those counting stats, and where maybe no one else emerges, it's like, oh, let's pick the running back with X amount of yards and go with there. Yeah, it's fifty My, to one. It's plus five thousand. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not going crazy here, guys. <laughs> so. <laughs> I had a similar thought that I think is a little bit more realistic in the sense of workload. Javante Williams was my pick at 25 to one. I mean, yeah. If he ends up taking that job with by week three and that offense is better than we think it is and the defense is great and they're a borderline playoff team and they're in the national conversation a little bit more, they seem to love him. I mean, everything they've said about him. Vic, yes. Vic Fangio is saying nice things about a rookie they offensive ha- player. Yeah. As a defensive-minded head coach, that's all you need to know. So yeah. I, that was my favorite one that were a little longer odds. Shields, how about you? Yeah. I had I had Javante Williams too. You you nice. spelled it out. I mean, they're going to try to win with a great defense and an offense that doesn't screw it up. And like you know <laughs> that that means running the football a lot. And uh, he, I think he's a talented player. So yeah, I went with him. Nothing hey, else to say there. The most telling thing for a rookie quarterback is they or a rookie running back is they had him in on third down pass protecting, and he did a great job. So it's like yeah, that's probably that's probably all. Fangio noticed he did not care about any running the ball. He was just like, oh, he protect. Oh, good, good. He knew it was, he knew his assignment. Like that's all that mattered. All right, Shield. How about defensive rookie of the year? Who's your actual pick? I went with Odafe Owe of the Baltimore Ravens. Wow, long shot. So Let's go double on. long shot on this yeah. one. You know, I mean, they need him to play right. He's he's definitely going to have a role there. He's plus twenty two hundred. He's got a defensive coordinator who knows how to scheme up uh, one-on-ones, who's going to blitz a ton, you know, and, and so he's going to be, they, they need him to generate pass rush. And just the, I hate to draw too many conclusions from like two days of being at a team's training camp, but it was just like, <laughs> okay, I can see how you would scout this guy in person and be like, yeah, let you know, we'll figure it out. I don't need to see like his college stats. And so, um, you know, I think that defense, that pass rush is actually going to be good. I, I know there are questions about whether it's gonna, they're going to be able to come through, but Calais Campbell, Justin Houston, and if if Owe is like a solid rookie, I, I know it's hard to come in and be impactful right away, but uh, I think he's in a good situation there where they can kind of unlock his athleticism. And I think it's something like eight of the last 10 years, it, it's a front seven player who, who wins that award. So mm-hmm, it, it's harder to play, come in and play corner and have a bunch of interceptions or whatever that people would notice. So just among the pass rushers, uh, he was one that I liked. That makes sense. My question is how many snaps is he going to play? Because they typically have those guys on the extended development plan as yeah. young pass rushers in Baltimore, but they also don't spend first round picks on them. You know, these are guys, whether it's Zadarius Smith, Matt Judon, these are players typically pick a little bit later in drafts, and they almost have apprenticeships in their for, in their rookie season as they expand their roles. Will he be a little bit different? Will they say from day one, you're gonna be you know, a six hundred snap guy as a rookie? I think that would be what would hold him back in my mind. Sure. Nate, who'd you go with? And, and oh, I mean, this was kind of tough for me because it's like I didn't really like it. It was chalk. The two guys I liked were the two favorites, and uh, one of them is Quiddy Pay. And uh, I have him at plus nine hundred. And what I like about him is I, I've mentioned him a couple times on the show. Is just that I think he's a guy that's going to be a better pro than college player. Just 
just simply from schematic reasons. And on a de- defensive front where he doesn't have to be the guy, he's got you know a guy named DeForest Buckner lined up next to him on all those third downs. I think he can get some counting stats, and I think he'll be put in situations where they're in tight games, and he can just you know flash a couple times because that's the type of player he is. He had some moments during the preseason, um, you know that, and that's it's just really it's just trying to find a price here. That's actually why the oh like pick actually made sense to me away because it was yeah. like I get it because especially in the second half of the year for him. It's like he might ascend after the bye week kind of guy, and yeah. like the narrative might be informed by then. But pay is my pick. Uh, it's one of those that I wish I got a better price on, but I still like it at plus nine hundred. And it might be just one where I, 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 ho- I think he could be a good sack guy in the in the pros. I had the same pick just because of workload. I mean, he's going to be a day one starter for them. And guys like Owe, Rousseau, even Jalen Phillips, how much are they going to be a part of a rotation? Where yeah. with the Colts, they're really relying on him as part of their pass rush. And like Shield mentioned, front seven players, easiest route to this. So I just yeah. feel like among the front seven players, he's going to be the guy that is a day one starter and has a chance to be, I don't know, Eight sacks, nine sacks as a rookie. I mean, Chase Young won it last year. He, it's not like he was putting up 15 sacks. He was a second overall pick, which makes him a little bit more visible. I do love Micah Parsons as an option. I yeah. just think that if, if he just is a monster from day one and he's doing all this stuff and he's on the most visible team in America, maybe that happens. But I think the pay at that price is really interesting to me. Shia, who's your favorite long shot? Uh, I've got I guess Joe you've Tryon. Picked one, but do you have a bigger know, long shot? Yeah, let's go I with another it. one. Joe Tryon plus three thousand. Again, the snaps are, are really the question with him. But you know, you have Shaq Barrett, you have Jason Pierre-Paul. If you if you're a rotational rusher, uh, I trust the defensive coordinator. I trust the defense. Your team's going to be in the spotlight. It seems like they're just raving about him uh, all summer. And then if one of those guys gets injured, and all of a sudden you're in there and you're playing, uh, you know, all these pass rushing snaps. Uh, he was a productive college player. Great athlete, like the scheme fit. And so uh, at plus 3,000, uh, I kind of like him as one of my sort of favorite overall long shot bets, actually. He feels like one of those guys that could have the best pass rush productivity in the entire league as a rookie, but only plays like 200 snaps. So I, yeah. it'll probably be more than that. But just because they play those guys so much, and I wonder if they're going to rotate them more now that he's there, but they love to play 80% of the snaps when it comes to Barrett and JPP. So how that shakes out, definitely worth watching. Nate, how about you? God, it, it was hard finding a long shot that made sense. Just like you guys already mentioned, it's hard to win a corner to win. It's hard for a non-first rounder to win. Like the only, it was a whole bunch of, I think in the last 20 years, it was like three second rounders won. They're all inside linebackers. It was like, you know, like it's so, and it's hard to find that kind of arch type and like who got drafted this year if we're just looking at it that way. So I, I even though this is the long shot, like because my other like long shot was, plus 1400 which is like what the hell nate so i went with a i went with a he just got nuts as a starter today which is great is asante samuel jr at yes. plus 4000 and that and that's just one that i just kind of makes sense where if we're talking about narratives we're talking about scheme fit we're talking about a ball player like he is a fun player the only knock on him was really size that a lot, a lot of people liked him it was just a classic player that we've talked about it's just one of those guys that sticks that like does shit better better in the pros like because they're like you get the question marks, but you love the player. And I could just see him day one getting put in a good situation there in, in, in LA and just like, you know, just being a really fun story. And he has a name that people recognize, you know. You could see him <laughs> that, in the Darius Williams role yeah. right now. I mean, right they, they don't need, yep. you don't need these big hulking corners in that system because they nope. don't play press coverage. So Smart you players. can. D- 
Darius Williams had four picks last year as an undersized corner in that system. I, you can instantly imagine that. That's why he's my pick, too. I mean, if there's a world where in that defense he just has five interceptions and takes one of them back for a touchdown for a team that we're talking about a lot because they're better than we think they're going to be. So I think that's a really interesting pick. I, I had the same answer for many yes. of the same reasons. <laughs> just well, he's going to win the box score, too. You know, he has a chance to. With If you're just Correct. like end of the year, I don't know how these guys played. Oh. Interceptions, PBUs, okay. Yeah, he yeah, led like you know, one all sack because they brought a yeah. blitz or something like that. Yeah, you can see it happening. All right. Comeback player of the year. Nate, who you got? Man, uh, my, my chalk favorite, I got, it's not really chalk. It's Saquon Barkley at plus 800. And this is a box score. There's a narrative. It's in New York, uh, but it's also just the player. Uh, he's a hell of a player. It's a position that's easy to vote for. It's running back. It's not like, oh, God, we're voting for, vote for this or voting for some mid quarterback or something because he could just he's going to get the the stats. He's going to I think he's uh, the benefit of being very athletic is you also come back from injuries a lot quicker than most people. <laughs> so I am betting on that a little bit, even though he has been banged up. But I, I just that is what I'm betting on is that Saquon Barkley just hits the ground running literally and figuratively. I know Jason Garrett will give him plenty of touches. I, I'm sure it's mandated from the top from everybody in that franchise to give him touches. So I, I think he'll find him. So I just say Quan Barkley is my pick. Show who you got. Yeah, I guess a, a very similar boat is Christian McCaffrey, right? I mean, he's plus, plus 850, Barkley's plus 800. But in that offense, I mean, you know, Mike Davis looked pretty good in that offense. And now you're throwing Christian McCaffrey in there. There are going to be weeks where the ball's going to have to come out quickly, where you're just going to be like, all right, you know, let, let, let's just get it to him 23 times and sort of see what happens. So I, I trust Brady in terms of maximizing the skill position talent. I mean, he absolutely did that last year with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. And so now, now you add uh, McCaffrey to the mix. I think they'll scheme things up for him. I think the, the fantasy stuff, the box score stuff will all be there. And so, you know, Dak, I guess, is plus 220. So if you were just like, hey, bet, bet your house on who you think is going to win, I think I would go yeah. with Dak. But I mean, plus 220 for comeback player of the year is not really uh, appealing. So I'll go with McCaffrey there. Agreed. I'm going to go with the not appealing choice because he is the quarterback <laughs> of the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> yeah. who was throwing yeah. for 500 yards a game last year, had yeah. a famous nationally televised injury, has been on TV constantly over the last six months. They're on hard knocks. He's one of the most visible people in the sport, and I think he's going to play for one of the top five offenses in the league. So I will be going with Dak Prescott as comeback player of the year. We're good guests. <laughs> See, we saved that one for you. Yeah, yeah I really exactly. appreciate that. Guess. Or one of All us right. would have it. <laughs> Long shots for comeback player of the year. If you're making this bet in real life, Give me a call. If you, if you need somebody to talk to, whatever, we can do this. But long shots for comeback player of the year. Uh, I'll go. I, I'm not I'm not quitting on you yet. Terrible Odell, hosting but, job for me. Yeah, you guys say, you know, this it's it. okay. Nate and I didn't know. Right. We both, we are both polite. We looked at each other, paused, and then I'm just like, somebody's got to take it at some point. You know? Alphabetical order. Uh, <laughs> I'm not quitting on Odell Beckham Jr. yet. I mean, 28 years old. I just refuse to believe that this unbelievable talent that I watched with the New York Giants in his first three seasons in the NFL is just poof, gone, can't play anymore. Now, listen, if this happens again, then maybe 
maybe at this time <laughs> next year, I'll be like, I'm out on Odell Beckham Jr. He He's absolutely done. But, the, you know, Kevin Stefanski is too smart to not be able to find a way to use this guy in their offense. You know, just looking at their uh, playoff game against the Chiefs earlier today for a piece I'm working on, it's like Rashad, Rashad Higgins was their leading receiver. It's like, okay, you yeah. can find ways to get uh, Odell Beckham Jr. the ball. So hopefully he's healthy. Hopefully he stays healthy. I still believe he, he can stretch the field for them, be a big play threat. I think they'll they'll certainly target him quite a bit. And uh, he's my pick at plus 2,500. Makes a lot of sense. Nate, who's yours? I went with Cortland Sutton. At plus 4,000. And that was not who I thought I was going to go into that uh, picking, but that's who I ended up with. And But I, I, I was a big fan of his game last year, going into last year, last season. And I think just with more steady quarterback play, he will truly emerge. They have a talented receiver core. We, everyone's talked about it. That's why they yeah. can trade guys. I think he is the number one guy. I think Judy ends up being a super number two, and that's when someone gets healthy. Like That's really just something I, I think he's that true X. It's just the guy get healthy. He was ascending to that he's not the greatest route runner in the world but he is a good good player and it's just one of those guys when you're you forget built about. like that you don't need to be the greatest route runner in the world you, you need to be merely decent and you don't exactly and now he's gonna get a steady quarterback who threw for three thousand yard receivers last year so i know that system's gonna be completely different what they're gonna run in denver but at least a guy that can get him the ball um but yeah i'm a big fan of his game that's my long shot and honestly if it's like a mid shot i didn't know what to call plus 2000 was von miller same team uh, yeah. but him coming back from injury but that was kind of like a little mid mid-tier one the mid I would Von Miller is a mid tier one. I think makes total sense. I mean that yeah. defense, if they're the best defense in the NFL, you, again you ride the narratives and see what happens. Yep. I'm going with Derwin James. I mean, I in that system, the ways that they're going to use him, all the ways that they're going to use him. I mean, can't you just imagine? I don't know when the Chargers' first nationally televised game is, but whenever it happens, and you just have you know Chris Collinsworth being. Look at look at all this. Look at all the different yeah. things that they're doing. Like you can just see it. You you can yeah. see it happen right in front of you. And I mean, this is a guy that we haven't seen in like two years. Yeah. And I just think you forget how talented he is. And, and by all accounts, he's looked incredible. I almost hope that this happens, just because I think it would be yeah. really fun for the NFL at large to have the best guy, best version of that guy, back in our lives. All right, Coach of the Year, Nate. Why don't you start us off? Uh, and we, it was great because she already gave my bit on it is uh, Robert Sala. And this is great. He already oh. gave exactly what I was about to say. And he's at plus 2000. It, it's coach of the year is what we, she already said. It's, it's someone that kind of exceeds your expectations. And, and usually it's a team that's more talented than we assume. And they get better coaching, which has happened in the past, um, which, which you can see with the chargers that could just get, be getting healthy with Staley. But I can see just Salah. He's a better coach that we've talked about numerous times on the show. Better coach than we assumed originally. I like a lot of their pieces, a lot of their young players. I like the guys they signed, like the Corey Davises of the world. Uh, but I love what the, they're building inside out. Um, even with Zach Wilson, he's going to be exciting. That I, I think he's going to be a high variance player this year. But I can see him leading to some wins on the other on the, uh, on that side too. Just think it's a team that's going to surprise some people about how competitive they are. And if just that little narrow band of time, where it's like if they can sneak into a wild card spot, I can see people going like, "You did a good job with that Jets team," you know. And there goes the vote. <laughs> oh man, if, seems it, to be what it is. if they're a wild card team, he's a lock. I mean, lock, that's yeah, right. that's because <laughs> they're over under at six opinion. wins, six and a yeah. half, I think. So I know that's what if if you get, if oh, they sorry. can get a wild card spot, he absolutely exactly would be in the running for it. I just think that's a long, long way off. Oh yeah. And if you look at it, the last person to win that award that didn't win eleven games was the two thousand nine Bengals with Marvin Lewis. 
Ooh, I mean, you, 10 is even hard to get there. So that's, I liked Sal when I was looking at it, but it's like, oh man, if they go nine and eight, like he's probably not going to win it. So that's my only it's concern hard. there. I went with Brandon Staley, who's the betting favorite, which seems crazy, but we know how this award goes. Like we just mentioned, it's about overachieving. It's about doing better than we think you're going to do. And if you were a terrible team the year before, that's typically how you win this award. So they're picking, what was their pick last year? Oh, they're picking 13th, right? Yeah. Because they win 12, a couple of random games near the end. So yeah. they're a bad, objectively bad team. And I think they absolutely are in the running to be a wild card team. So even if there's not a lot of value there, when I was shocked to see that he was the favorite, I still think that it makes a lot of sense. There's a reason that there is some money on him. All right. Shia, what do you got? This is great. I mean, you know, I thought I was cursing the Chargers or jinxing them. I'm just going to play, play the Not podcast on this we show, did. baby. Mays picked Derwin James and Brandon Staley back. It was him. It wasn't me. Trust I'm me. I'm not done I, yet, by the way. I'm uh, in the Sunday Samuel Jr. and I'm not done. I know my co-host. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with, uh, you know, I think it's sort of the NFC version of, of what Staley could be, and that's Arthur Smith. The odds are a little yeah. bit better at plus 1,600, but I, I don't think that was a well-coached team last year. I, I certainly don't love their talent, but could they sneak into the playoffs? Could they win nine or ten games? I think I have them, actually, as my last wild-card team in my um, in my prediction. So, yeah, I think they can sort of outperform their talent a little bit. They're a staff that should be able to do more with less with both him and Dean Pease on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, I just have him, you know, I think they'll maximize the talent. I think they'll be competitive and you look for the team that made a big leap from one year to the next year. Last year, they were one and eight in one score game. So they weren't as bad as their record indicated. But if you're just going by record, you're going to say, wow, they made a pretty big leap. So that, that's what I've got. Nice. I have no idea what to make of that team. If you told me they won seven yeah. games, you told me they won 12 games. I would believe either one. Yeah. I just think that the defense is such a wild card. I mean, they have oh, no yeah. talent. Like, they have no defensive talent whatsoever um, by design. Like, they're tearing it down on that side of the ball. It's right. not an indictment of what they're building over there. Like, you have to do that at some point when you are in this very strange middle ground of we like, pushed all our chips in, but we're not a contender. And they've had to navigate that. But Matt Ryan is still there, and I like Arthur Smith and Cal Ridley and Kyle Pitts. It's just like... I don't know. I have no idea. There's so many different ways they that could go, and that's why I think that's a really good pick. All right, let's get to the long shots. Nate, who is your long shot for coach of the year? Okay, if you don't like Salah plus two thousand, uh, I'm going to go with <laughs> Mike Zimmer at plus three thousand. And and with Zimmer, I could just see that almost like a redemption tour. You know, like that. That's what it is. It's like you know the big comeback tour. It's like a comeback coach coach award. Uh, but that's kind of what it would be for him. And it's just again, uh, this is a big narrative award. But for that, for me, it would almost be it just have to be that narrow band of time that the or narrow multiverse that the Vikings just everything breaks right for him this year. The old corners play well. Um, some of their other guys hit. Amir Smith Marset returns three kicks for touchdowns. You know, just just <laughs> things like that that'll help him out. But that's what. Uh, but you know, there's more of a middle tier. But that's just Mike Mike Zimmer at plus three thousand would be be another one. If you're betting on coach of the year, come on. <laughs> it's like I, this is just spin the wheel on this. Zimmer is you know I'm convinced Zimmer is just going to unleash hell on the rest of the league. I mean, this is a guy who even when he's like 11 and three, 
He's pissed at everybody, pissed. and now he's pissed at his own team. He's pissed at his quarterback. He's finally got defensive players. Like, uh, you know, I know I went all in on that defense being good, and I feel even every time I see a Zimmer interview, I'm like, this guy has you probably slept better. like three hours <laughs> the entire offseason. He's going to be drawing up blitz schemes that the world has never seen before. Uh, so I, I like that. Like, it's, it's, it's a weird thing to say. It's one of the things I'm most excited for this year. It's just like Zimmer taking out everything he's mad about on opposing quarterbacks. So I, I like that pick. <laughs> I, was I think I scared Maze there with that. I no, was so excited. It's, I, 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 lo- I absolutely love the fact that you picked them to be the best defense in the league. It is my favorite scorching take that I've heard the entire offseason. It's totally in play. I completely understand how you arrived at that point. I also could just see them being a disaster. Like I could just see them completely falling apart. I talked with Mike Zimmer for... 10 minutes when I was there. He is just throwing fireballs right now. <laughs> like it was, I, I was like, it was this incredible combination of being really scared, but also yeah. very excited about the conversation that we were happening. I was really toe in the line. Like he is in a mode right now that I truly respect. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Shield, who's yours? Uh, you know, I'm not bullish on this team, actually, but just when you look at the odds, and I, I don't know if this counts as a big long shot, but I'm going with Sean Payton at plus 2,500, just because I think there's such a direct path there. I mean, if, if you lose yeah. Drew Brees and you rehabilitate Jameis Winston's career and make the playoffs... You you probably you know you deserve it. That that would be an unbelievable. I feel like people are like, oh yeah, you know that's gonna happen. I'm like, this is gonna be really really hard, especially without Michael Thomas for whatever the first six games of the season. And then of course you know they're they're playing uh, away from New Orleans to start the year. So that's one of those things where I you know you can really talk yourself into it pretty easily. Where normally those coaches who have been in the league for a while, they've got to do something especially spectacular yeah. to be in the mix. But like you know, th- this would be it, right? Taking Jameis Winston, if he plays well, if you make the playoffs, it's right there. So, so I went with Peyton. Love I had it. the exact same pick for the exact same reason. Nice. I mean, it, you could just you can hear the narrative unfolding if that offense is really good with Winston. So I think it makes total sense to me. All right, let's get to Offensive Player of the Year. Easily the weirdest award that is handed out in the NFL in any given season. I still don't understand what it is supposed to be. I don't think they do either. Sheil. Who was your pick for offense player of the year? Uh, I just, yeah, I, I, yeah, it was like stressful going through these names because I'm just crossing out all the quarterbacks. I'm like, I don't think they, you know, they don't win yeah. this award unless they throw darts, for baby. like 6,000 yeah. yards or something. So I'll just repeat the one I had earlier, which is Christian McCaffrey. You know, he could just put up monster numbers, all, you know, all purpose yards from, uh, from, from scrimmage. He could be easily be over 2,000 and maybe the Panthers end up being in like a sneaky competitive team. And, um, you know, he, he's winning fantasy leagues for everybody. So, uh, that's really what this that's what this should be renamed is. is who you know yeah. who won you who yeah. won you the most fantasy leagues like you know lean into it that that's what it is so i went with mccaffrey i love that and i think we absolutely should rename that we have to petition the <laughs> league to make that happen nate that's what's your pick it was great you guys kind of covered my points in the coach of the year actually and my offensive player is alvin kamara at plus 2000 Ooh, and yeah I just, just exactly the points you guys laid out. I could just, how the Saints, how I think they're building their offense and their team is they're going behind their best unit, the offensive line. And they're just going to go, hey, we're going to pound the rock. We're going to run play action with Jameis Winston. And we're going to just, you know, it's it's old school. It's bombs away. And it's going to be just a real fun, really awesome run game. And I can just see Kamara being the beneficiary of that. They cut Latavius Murray. That might be a cap thing. And they might bring him back. I don't know what they're doing with that. But that was he's a third down back anyways. They've kind of weaned him out 
unless Kamara has been hurt. Just kind of could see it. You know, we have no idea how you anoint this award, but if that narrative where the Saints, you know, go marching on and have a good year, like I could just really see him being a beneficiary of that if he puts up big stats. I had a pick for this and now I'm going to change it because I realized that the way that I did it didn't really make sense. I'm going to go with Devontae Adams. I think that the Packers absolutely could just be a supernova on offense again. You know, obviously the Bakhtiari thing is a question mark, but they have Elton Jenkins there. We've talked about it. I think they'll be able to piece that line together. I think that Rodgers mitigates the impact of a rookie center and how much it would typically affect an offense. And I just think they're locked in. I mean, Devontae saying yesterday, like, this is the hungriest team I've ever been around. Sometimes I think that shit's real. Yeah. Like if you if you get on the the doorstep and you lose, I think that's why it's so so hard to repeat. All the luck that you need to make it happen, but also just human nature. Mm. And I think this team is so set up to just be really really good on both sides of the ball and they have like the motivation and that like maybe this is the last ride kind of feel to them. So among the skill position players, I think that's my favorite one for a reason that will become clear in a second when we pick some other awards. Love All it. right. Shield, your favorite long shot. I was debating between a couple here. Let, let's go with the big long shot and say uh, Terry McLaurin at plus 8,000. I mean, could he lead the league in, in receiving yards? Yeah, I, I think he certainly could. You know, he's going to get so many opportunities. Curtis Samuel's injured already. Who else are they throwing the ball to? You know, Brian Fitzpatrick, uh, you know, as everybody knows, is not going to be checking that bad boy down on uh, third and seven. <laughs> you know, he's going to be giving him opportunities. And I've just loved McLaurin since, you know, he entered the league. And right away, you could tell kind of in that, that first month, six weeks, whatever, that this guy is really talented. Let's get him some good quarterback play. And I think uh, this could be the year that he gets it. So if he leads the league in receiving yards, you would think whoever does that uh, would at least be in play for this award. So plus 8,000 is kind of juicy. I totally agree. It's a great thinking. I went with the same tiers of players. I couldn't really pick between AJ Brown and DK Metcalf, like either one of them for the exact same reason. Like, I think that in this category, there are some juicy long shots. (laughs) Like if some of these guys are up at plus 200, like at plus 2000, I think Brown and Metcalf being down there at plus 8,000 doesn't really make a lot of sense. Like, I don't think they have four times less likely of a chance to win this award than Devontae Adams does because I, for the, exactly like you said, they could easily lead the league in receiving yards, both of them. So I really like both of those as an option. CeeDee Lamb's also 66 to 1. Similar thinking, even though the odds are not quite as good, but I love all of those. (laughs) The odds are nuts for this. I mean, Taysom Hill is plus 3,500. Chris Carson, I love Chris Carson, is plus 4,000, but DK Metcalf is plus 8,000? I don't know. I I mean, they know what they're doing. I don't, but it, it seems weird. If you're feeling weird today and want to put a bunch of money down on DK Metcalf to an offense player of the year, we encourage you to do so. All right, Nate, what you got? I love it. My my mine are as juicy as plus eight thousand. I I'm like, oh man, I feel like a coward right now. Uh, my my quote unquote long shots uh, is uh, I, I actually plus three thousand both of them. Uh, it's Jonathan Taylor and Calvin Ridley. Uh, you, you are such a coward. This is just a shameless choice by you. I know. I know. But it's like, I mean, but I can't see a narrative where I'm like, Raheem Mozart gets offensive player of the year. It's going to be Trey Lance. You know like what I mean? Like, it's like if that you got to lean that way. But I, I think with Jonathan Taylor, it's just, I mean, it all just makes sense. The Colts ride him to the playoffs and he just goes for Gaga. I mean, just has so many yards and so many counting stats. And people are like, 
we got to give them something, you know, even if it's not yeah. the sexiest team in the world. I, I can see that narrative happening. I know it's plus 3,000. I know I, I, you guys just made me, I was like, man, I, I was liking this bet. And now I'm like, God, is there like a 10,000 I can one up you guys on? Robert Woods. Can we go Chris Godwin? I'm trying Chris to see Godwin, who the last guy 10, is on the card here. If you I'm want gonna, Tyrod Taylor, let me count those zeros plus. Uh, fifty thousand. You know, if you hey, that's that's the it, last guy on my card. In all seriousness, Derek Carr at plus fifteen thousand isn't like the craziest <laughs> bet in the world. <laughs> like, I mean, compared to some of these, if Taysom Hills at what plus thirty five hundred, like yeah. that one's nuts. <laughs> what Cole Komet has the same odds as Jalen Waddle and Justin Fields? <laughs> <laughs> really? I yes, I do not understand anything about this. All right. Oh, That's awesome. Let's get to our next one here. Nate, who is your pick for defensive player of the year? I if okay. Chalk is Aaron Donald plus fifty five hundred. I do think the voter fatigue is a real thing. I'm gonna go with my non Donald pick is Nick Bosa plus fourteen hundred. And that is just Nick Bosa just continuing where he left off as just from twenty nineteen being like I mean, basically one of the MVPs of the Super Bowl and then week one last year against the Cardinals, like they can literally not block him uh, for the entire game. So I thought that was going to be his year. Might also be a comeback player of the year award for just throwing those around again. <laughs> but at plus 1400, it's Nick Bosa, just defensive player of the year. Just see it a fresh take, fresh, fresh name for people to vote on. And just being on a team like we talked, it's in the spotlight. It's a national team, big, big fan base, 49ers. It's a guy people recognize the name. They're like, oh, Joey's brother, Nick, Nick, the guy from the Super Bowl. Is that the one with the Chargers? But it's like that just helps people know the name a little bit. So I'm going to go with Nick Bosa. Because I am a punchline at this point and a caricature of myself, I'm going to go with the other Bosa and Love another it. Charger in our thing here. I, If you look at the defensive players in this defense and what they've been able to do, think about what Khalil Mack did when Vic Fangio got to Chicago. Think what Aaron Donald did last year. Aaron Donald's going to be up there any year. But I just think that Brandon Staley is going to do everything he can consistently to scheme up one-on-ones for Nick Bosa. Or, excuse me, for Joey Bosa. I mean, it's not out of the question to me for Joey Bosa to have the type of season where he has like 18 to 20 sacks. And if that happens, you could easily see it. I mean, this is a guy on a per-snap basis who is still arguably the best pass rusher in the entire NFL. Yeah. So, I to me, that's a pretty good price. I mean, you, four, you know, three and a half times less likely than Miles Garrett. Like, I think that's pretty good, actually. This is the bet I like the most to go over was this one, was Defense Player of the Year. Like, I... I actually oh, had really? a lot of takes. Well, a lot of takes on this one. Oh, <laughs> which, I had the, which I'll get I had to the hardest time. I had the hardest time with this one because it's like Donald Garrett or TJ Watt. Yeah, one of them's probably going to win Defensive uh, Player of the Year, but the odds aren't fun. I get, if I'm looking at that next year, could, could Khalil Mack have like a "Hey, remember yep. me" kind of year? I mean, I yep. don't know. Their corners aren't good. Enough. I was like, I don't know. Their corners aren't good enough. Is their defense going to be good enough? But I, I sort of feel like he's in that stage of his career where it's like, hey, I'm still really good. You know, you're not mentioning me with the top pass rushers. Uh, maybe they scheme some more stuff up for him. I, I don't know. That that was just one that kind of stood out where I'm like, this guy's really still, you know, freaking good, uh, a really good player. Um, could he just get a little bit luckier with, with some of the sack stats or whatever? Yeah. Did you have a long shot that you liked, Shell? Yeah, the long shot, who I think we've talked about here, it's still at the same price on BetMGM. I don't know how. Brian Burns. Brian Burns. Plus 12,500. You know, the take, you mentioned the Vikings take I had, uh, Maze. The one I was too afraid to, to, to say, but kind of felt was that this Panthers defense can be like a top 10 unit. Like all these players who Ooh. they've drafted over the last two years. I mean, they have so many avenues for young guy, young, like, 
freak show athletes to get better. You know, maybe Derek Brown, Brian Burns, maybe JC Horn, Jeremy Chin. Like if a couple of those guys, all of a sudden you're saying, wow, these are like all pro type players, then maybe they could be good. I mean, I still have major questions about them at cornerback. So I wasn't, uh, you know, ready to unleash that take to the masses weeks ago. <laughs> it's only for this podcast audience, but I mean, Burns could easily lead the league in sacks. And if he leads the league in sacks and you have like a top 10 defense, you know, maybe that, that might be good enough uh, to get him certainly in the conversation i mean I, those odds are crazy crazy they're not I mean, I, that is shocking to me he has the same odds as kyle van noy yeah like that's I, that is absolutely that's a great one he, he was even, he was too far down for me to even see him before i made my pick or else that's the one i would have chosen i had to control f him because i had to find him because i i i cheated because she had brought him up as like that's one of his best bets and we messaged him i was like yeah brian burns yeah and he was like yeah he's still like plus 12 five like i, and I was like they oh made my, a mistake yeah. or something yeah i know that's i i that's mine as well but if it's not doing that because I, I know cheating there and i know that's a that's our favorite one of our favorite players to talk about robert <laughs> um, is uh jalen ramsey at plus four thousand, and that is i actually kind of surprised if there's any corner you're going to bet on that's the corner i would bet on for defensive player of the year and it's at four thousand. he is known now as he's got enough narrative with him especially after last year as the corner like he yeah. he's kind of he's taking the title belt and he has the title belt right now people know that People watching ESPN know that. People just watching any they go, oh, Jalen. Uh, I, I think I know Jalen Ramsey is. Uh, he's LA. Like, okay, people know that. So that is, is enough in the public mind that he is that type of name, and his play backs that up. And if the Rams have a fun year, like, oof, I could just see him ascending. Where people are like, well, Aaron Donald's good, but check out his teammate. It's the fun kind of uh, in wrestling, the smart pick a little bit. Uh, but yeah. no, it's uh, it's it's good. I, I, Jalen Ramsey at plus four thousand. I went with Jair Alexander. Not dissimilar thinking. You know, if they use him in the same sort of way as that the Rams used Jalen Ramsey last year, if he's got you know eight interceptions and that defense is better than people expect, you know, I just think he's so so talented. And there's a way in a world where they kind of catch a wave just overall as a team. I always like to think about this stuff as like who's going to dominate the season. Like yeah. what are the stories of the season? Yep. And if the Packers end up becoming one of those stories of the season and he's their best defensive player, fifty to one might be pretty good. All right. Yeah. Let's get to the big one here. MVP, Shield, who you got? Yeah, I mean, again, if I'm just, hey, you know, I, the, my house is on the line, then I'm going to go with um, with Patrick Mahomes. But let's go a little bit down the list a little bit and uh, and say Tom Brady. I mean, really, Love last it. year, he wow. throws for 40 touchdowns when in the middle of a pandemic, he switches teams. They don't find themselves till what, late November, early December. No quarterback his age has ever started more than six games. If they're the number one seed in the NFC, entirely possible, and they're my pick to be the number one team in the NFC and he throws for you know 45 touchdowns and it's just amazing statistically and he's doing it at uh, at this age you know it's kind of like uh, when when sort of the legendary players reach this stage and you want to give them one more that hey you know we appreciate kind of what you've done and we still see what you're doing um, he would be uh, he's kind of the pick that's a little bit further down the board than a guy like Mahomes that's Love it. <laughs> I picked a guy with the exact same odds. I went with Josh Allen, and it's the reason I didn't go with Stephon Diggs as Offensive Player of the Year because it, I just that probably wouldn't happen. I just think that offense, again, you talk about owning the season, they could just be a, just a freight train. I mean, if you think about just how good he was last year and if they even take another step forward, I know that there's like kind of a sneaking like little chirpy voice in the back of my mind, like, do they take a step back? And I think they might just not. 
I think they might just be that good and that dynamic on offense that he just might be that talented of a quarterback. And, you know, if they are a team that goes 13 and four and is the number one seed in the AFC and the defense is better than we think, you need to be one of the best offenses in the league or the best teams in the league to do this. Yes. You need a historically yeah. before when there were two team when there were two buys, you needed a first round buy. You need to win your division. All of that stuff, and I just think the Bills are going to be that sort of team. Similar to talking about the Packers and you know that edge where like we got so close. The Bills are the same thing to me in the AFC. So I just think that Allen has a really good chance of being one of the guys this year. And we've seen Mahomes win it before. Obviously, it's been a couple. It's been a year, but I think that matters when you're one of the new guys on the block. I think that helps you in this case. Nate, yeah. who you got? Yeah, I. Like she'll say, if I was bagging my house, it would be Mahomes. But like, even Mahomes is going to be the leader for the next decade unless someone else goes supernova. And yeah. honestly, a guy I think could go supernova this year is Dak. And he's love it. Guy, yeah, at plus 1600. I could, I mean, first off, plays for the Cowboys, done there. But it's also just statistically, the games are going to be playing in. It's high profile. You got hard knocks. You just got all that. Um, uh, he was my second pick in the in the quarterback draft. You know, most importantly, <laughs> so Dak is your MVP, but he's not going to win too. comeback player of the year. So that's the thing. That is actually why I didn't pick him comeback player of the year because okay. I can see right. vote. I can see award voters going like, he won MVP. We can't. We okay. That's the that's consolation true. award. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that, All right. I tied them together. I have thinking with this kind of. All right. Um, but All no. Right. But also the other thing too is that was such a good point that it has to be one of the best teams in the league. Okay, the argument against is, is the Cowboys going to be the best team in the league? No. I, I, I mean, I, even if most optimistic view, but they're going to be very competitive. I, I do think that. And I think the comparison that you have to make for them is more Matt Ryan in the Shanahan year in 2016, where they went 11-5, and yeah, very competitive, but we're an all-time offense. And honestly, the Cowboys, they have a path to be a, one of those top, top elite, elite tier offenses this year. And on, it's the Cowboys, and everyone's going to be watching. So... There's that's why Dak is my pick. And I also just privately just watching him on film. He's just one of my favorite players to watch in the NFL. So that makes makes my heart feel a little better. All right. Long shots. This was tough. I, I really didn't have any that were interesting to me. Nate, do you have any long shots that stuck out to you for MVP? Not really. Uh, we are. We joked about before the show, like all the like there's no long shots like Russell Wilson's plus 2000. Like, you know, like that's yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I couldn't get past that. Like Justin Herbert, or I probably just stole it from you, but Justin Herbert plus 2200. Oh, so that's not even a long shot. Herbert yeah, 22 that's not, to one. That's it's like, shot. that's not a value anymore. Even if yeah. you thought like maybe there's a world where he becomes the guy and he takes that same leap that everyone else did. But now yeah. at 22 to one, that's not a value at any point. And then you're, you're the other thing you're voting for, I think with the long shot, and this is the one I did say would, was be if Aaron Donald just went, had a ballistic year or that like you're just you're betting that they go hey we're going defensive player offenses are taking over the league and yeah. we're gonna go for defense this year you know i i that's just like one narrative pick i can do and that's plus twelve thousand five hundred. so that that we're twelve five hundred. so that's the only one i'd even do that's a long shot shio what do you got yeah, I mean, yeah, once you get to the big numbers, I mean, it's hard. You know, I do think Russell Wilson, though, at plus 2,000 is sort of interesting. I know they're not crazy odds, but, uh, you know, we know that if Russell Wilson is playing well, that there will be an all-out uh, PR campaign that Russell Wilson should be the uh, the MVP. <laughs> I can tell you that from having covered the uh, the Seahawks for two years. They have the e- If you look at the BetMGM projected win totals, the Seahawks have the easiest schedule in the NFL, which you wouldn't think because they're in the NFC West. But, man, if they win that division, the hardest 
division in football. And he, you know, his supporting cast, I was trying to think if this is like off just offensively the best supporting cast he's ever had. You know, if they're healthy, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, that offensive line now, on paper, like you compare it to some of the elite offenses, you're like, well, no, I don't think so. But if you look at kind of who he's had in some of these years, so uh, I think it's possible that he has, you know, sometimes that franchise and that, uh, you know, Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, they like thrive in chaos sometimes. I know not in that second Super Bowl, but sometimes they're just like, we need the, you know, we need to have a blow up in the offseason where the quarterback is handing in, uh, you know, a, t- a list of teams he wants to trade for, where everyone thinks that if this doesn't work, one of us is gone. You know, they kind of just use that and are like, all right, let's go. We'll have a top five efficiency offense. We'll go win 11 games again and we'll win the division. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think he's like obviously one of the just one of the most intriguing players in the entire league this here yeah they're only happy when they're unhappy they're like, right <laughs> that's it's a really good one and th- again the long shot odds for this one is not great i'd go with baker mayfield just because i think that team could win 13 games yeah. i mean i think they have a chance to be really really good and if, again you just kind of catch that wave and at 35 to 1 you look at it, like Ryan Tannehill's 35 to 1 like kyler murray's at 25 to 1 i just think that's decent value but there aren't a lot of values on the board with this one. I think that they've kind of gamed this one pretty well. All right. Along with the individual awards, we're on the eve of the season here, guys. It's time for Super Bowl picks. I have not thought nearly enough about mine, and we're going to kind of do this flying by the seat of our pants. Sheil, who is your Super Bowl pick, and do you have teams that they're going to beat in the conference championship game? I assume that you do. Uh, I think that I do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think that I do. Uh, you know, I, I hate going with this pick because no one's going to remember, uh, you know, five months from now, Hey, what a great pick by shield picking the chiefs to win the super bowl on the athletic football show. That was awesome. But you know what? Sometimes a second tier team doesn't scream out to you. And so you can't force it. And so I, I do feel like this podcast was p- pretty, um, illustrative of sort of the, like, we barely mention Mahomes, you know, we barely, because everyone's just like, you sort of take the Chiefs for granted, but Patrick Mahomes coming off a Super Bowl in which he was thrown to the ground 10 times. I mean, I talked about Zimmer unleashing hell on opposing quarterbacks. Like, I mean, that Mahomes could, it's crazy when you think about it, he could deliver an all-time season for a quarterback any year now in the prime of Mm -hmm. his career. And so um, I've got the Chiefs beating the Packers in the Super Bowl. I I think the NFC, you know, I, I like Green Bay, I like Tampa Bay and the Rams. I think I have the Packers. I want to say beating the, I can't remember if I picked the Rams or the Bucks. now that I think of it in the NFC Championship. Let's go with the Rams because I don't want to go with a total repeat of last year. So I'll go Packers beating the Rams in the NFC title game. I just feel like 26 and 6 the last two years. The offense is still there. If Aaron Rodgers wants to give the front office the middle finger after every touchdown he throws, that's okay as long as he's in, you know, in lockstep with the coaching staff and his teammates. And I think he will be. So uh, AFC, I do think I have a repeat of last year you know I just think the Bills the arrow is pointing up I think even if that offense regresses that defense is going to be better than it was a year ago I kind of trust the infrastructure there with the coach and the GM and so Chiefs over Bills uh, Packers over Rams and then Chiefs over Packers in the Super Bowl I promise next year when we do this I'm not going chalk I'll get a little bit more creative Nate who you got it's hard not to go chalk, though, because I'm going to go with the Chiefs as my Super Bowl winner, too. I, as long as Patrick Mahomes is play, lining up at quarterback healthy, it is near impo- nigh impossible for me to like not bet, bet on him. <laughs> like it just As long as he's there, he's healthy, and they have somewhat of an infrastructure around him, uh, I, I'm going to go that way. But um, as far as my final four, uh, I would have the, the Chiefs, and I, 
Bills was would have been my original take, but really, even with the injuries that happened today, what happened an hour before the show, I'm gonna go with the Ravens make the final four. Wow. I, I I think Lamar is gonna have an FU season. I, I really do. I do think the receiving help's gonna matter as the season goes along. I think it's a team that's gonna peak as the season goes along. Um and really just come along, but they just face the juggernaut that is the Chiefs. Um I think on the NFC side. I have the Packers. I have Chiefs Packers in the Super Bowl final. <laughs> um, but I in the final four, my other final four team would be the 49ers in a repeat of the matchup from two years ago. Um, but this time, you know, the Packers would come out on top. And, and But I just see the 49ers as another team that's just going to get better as the season goes along. Getting guys healthy, figuring out the corner position will, of course, be important. But I, I just think that offense is going to be extremely exciting. And I think that defense is going to be a lot, a very disruptive defense that can get hot at the right time. I'm going with the Chargers as my Super Bowl winner. I'm oh. just kidding. I'm just oh, kidding. I'm just I was kidding. so excited. Oh. <laughs> do it. Do it. I know. I have to. Oh, Lean I'm into it. The, I'm going with the Packers. You know, we talked about it. You know, if they're just kind of in that mode, and I am, I actually have them beating the Bills in the Super Bowl. I like it. I, I just, I, I totally agree with you on the offense point, Nate. If the Bills win the AFC Championship game against Kansas City, to me it's like a 38-35 sort of game. Oh yeah, you know, similar to the the Patriots and when they beat Kansas City in Kansas in Kansas City in that AFC Championship game. I still have concerns about the Chiefs' defense, man. Like I think their offense is going to be able to put up points in, in any clip you want to, but you know they have questions at corner, and you know their defense was not that great last year. So that to me is what might give the Bills the edge. I just think the Bills might be really good on defense this year. You know, you have all of those new pieces in the front, and if they can just get, you know, one turnover in that game, and if they're playing it at home, which I think they have a chance to do if they're just in, like, full FU mode the entire year. So I would the Bills over the Chiefs in the AFC, and I had the Packers over the 49ers in the NFC in the same way that you did. So Nice. Yeah, man. Nice. I, nice. I, uh, yeah, I so Bill, uh, Packers over Bills. That's what we got. I cannot wait to just be miserably wrong about Can't that. Can't wait. Can't wait for some team, some team to just go supernova. And we're like, who's that guy? <laughs> Gentlemen, that's all we got, guys. We have football here in about two hours, oh. which I am very, very excited about. I have to go be a human being and be social for a little bit before that. But after that is over, I get to lock myself in my basement and just watch <laughs> the NFL, which I cannot wait to do. Guys, this was a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of fun doing this every week, which we are going to. So please come back and check us out every single week. Please give both of these guys endless amounts of shit for all the things that they get wrong. I'm sure there will be plenty of chances for you to do that. Please rate and review the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. I would really appreciate that. If you have not checked out the division previews, you still can. Today is Friday. We still have two games till the actual season starts when all of the games are happening. There's tons that you can chew on. We did essentially an 80 to 90 minute preview every single day for the last eight days. So if you guys want to go check those out, they are extended conversations literally about every single team in the league. We talked about the Texans for like six minutes. But other than that, they're extended conversations about every other team in the league. Please subscribe to The Athletic. I wrote yesterday about Carson Wentz and Sam Darnold. I wrote today about how offenses around the league are going to meet and respond to the growing trend of the Brandon Staley type defenses and what that means for how offenses are going to have to attack them. 
it was really, really fun to work on. I mean, that's essentially the biggest conversation I had over the last month and a half. So with coaches around the league, I talked to Aaron Rodgers, Sean McVay, Kevin Stefanski, Nate Hackett, the Packers offensive coordinator, you know, tons of different people. I talked to Brandon Staley about it. So hopefully you guys can glean something from that. I truly believe it's one of these stories of the season. And I think a lot of the offensive coaches in the league I talked to agreed. You know, I just said to many of them, man, it just seems like this is like the story schematically of the year. And I got a lot of, I totally agrees. And that's really fun. It's fun when you start digging into that stuff. And there's that recognition from people who are in it every single day. Jordan Rodriguez wrote a very similar type of story from kind of the first stage of this. Like, how did this rise happen? And how did Sean McVay and Brandon Staley spur each other on? I highly encourage you to check that out almost as a companion to the one that I have running today. If you're not subscribed to The Athletic, it's theathletic.com slash football show. I'm telling you, you guys need to get one. The season is here. You cannot follow the league without it. You can't read Shield. You can't read all of the other great writers that we have. We will be back on Sunday. Nate and I will be back on Sunday night. You can catch us live on YouTube. I will be tweeting out the links at some point tomorrow, at some point today on Friday. So please be on the lookout for those. Week one is here, guys. I am very excited about it. I hope you guys are too. We'll talk to you later. This was the Athletic Football Show.